the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon. This is Pastor John Allworth. I am calling in remotely. We had some unusual circumstances today, so we're having to do the the program by telephone. So I hope everybody can hear me very well. Uh, let's let's start out in prayer. Uh, Father God, we just come to you this this afternoon, and we thank you, Father. We thank you for for your mercies, for your forgiveness, for your love, and for your grace. Father, we thank you for these technologies that allow us to to do this show remotely, and we thank you for the technology that allows us to to speak your word over the radio. Father, we ask that you keep everyone safe out there as they travel home. And we ask that the words that be spoken on this program today, they be yours and not mine, and that they open people's hearts and fall on ears to hear and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I hope the volume is is good. Um, As I said, we're doing this remotely, but let's get right into the Word of God. All right. We're going to be talking today about a couple of things. We're going to be talking today about something that I think... We all know, obviously, as believers, but that sometimes we tend to not really understand the miracle, the magnificence, the significance, and just how wonderful God is and what his plan is. And we're going to be talking about grace. And I'm going to be comparing it to something in our lives that we're all somewhat familiar with. So I'm going to talk to you today then about not only is God so wonderful with grace, <laughs> undeserved grace, but also that he not only has grace for us, he not only has forgiveness for us, but he has a reward program that many of you may be familiar with, that when we sit in Christ's judgment seat, that we, what Paul writes about in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. So let's get into it. You know, in our life, in our society, there is a big deal, many of you are probably familiar with it, about pardons. And the president has the power to pardon, and it is pretty much a power that is just not even limited. And every, you know, every four years or so, uh, the press talks about it a little bit. Presidents tend to pardon a lot of people at the end of their terms, and I'm not being political here, both Republicans and Democrats do it. And uh, they sometimes pardon people that are deserving, that have changed their lives around, 
or maybe new evidence has been revealed, and maybe circumstances weren't quite what the courts thought they were at the time of their conviction. And then quite often they pardon people who really don't deserve it but who contributed to their political campaigns. And again, both sides do it. President Trump did it. President Obama did it. They, they all do it. And, in fact, it is such a important power of the presidency um, it's listed in Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1. We've just heard from Jay Sekulow the last 30 minutes. And this political show, I'm going to take this and run it down in just a second. But I want to tell you just how important this is. It, the Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 starts out, the president should be commander-in-chief of the army, as it sets forth the powers of the president. And then it ends and he should, and with powers in, in the middle. And he shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States. Now, that's, that's pretty powerful. And, you know, we're going to relate this to, to what Jesus does for us in just a second. But the, the governor in Texas also has this power. And, in fact, as a young lawyer, I worked as assistant general counsel to the governor. And the, one of the governor's powers is, is that he can give clemency or a stay of execution. And this is back in the day when uh, we executed prisoners at midnight, and there was a backlog in the 80s. I'm giving my age away uh, when I was assistant general counsel. And uh, I, one of my jobs was to write the governor. And these were people that had done so. I don't know if I could do this today with my beliefs, my faith today. Uh, but back then, these were people that had done heinous things. They had raped children and killed people and police officers. And so I would write the governor a memo, and then I would sit up at the Capitol at 1155 and Right before the execution took place, they would they would call me, and I would say either proceed or, well, I always said proceed because the governor never granted clemency, but I could have, the governor had the power to stay that execution. Well, we have, as believers, a pardon from the King of Kings, from the Lord of Lords, a pardon that covers all the multitudes of sins that each and every one of us has committed in our lives. When Jesus was on that cross, they took all those sins, Trillions and trillions or even bigger numbers of sins of every believer who's ever lived, and they were nailed on the cross. And we were all granted amnesty. We were all granted a pardon. And it is an extraordinary thing that God has done for us. It is just so wonderful. We all know the scripture, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. I mean, what an extraordinary thing, that when we truly accept Jesus Christ in our hearts as our Lord and Savior, we are pardoned from so many sins. And it's, it's not necessarily anything, it's not anything that we've earned. I mean, we know that. We're saved by grace through faith and nothing else. Paul wrote in Romans eleven six, and if by grace, then it cannot be based by, on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. It is by grace. And God can forgive us of anything if we truly turn our hearts over to Jesus Christ. The Bible shows us that. Look at the people God, that the Lord used. Look at Saul, who was the persecutor of Christians, killing Christians. Authorizing Christians to be killed. Letters on the road to Damascus to, to go and, and persecute more Christians. This is life's work. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. 
And God used him to bring the gospel of peace and love to the Gentiles, to you and to me. I mean, God can forgive anything. Moses was a murderer. And the Bible is replete with stories. David, look at all the people that made mistakes. Mistakes just like you and I have made. That are all wiped out by the King of Kings, the pardon power that is just so gracious and so wonderful that we don't even take it for granted. We do take it for granted, rather. You know, so many of us take it for such granted that that we just continue to, to sin and we don't live our lives in a way that shows the appreciation to the King of Kings for what He has done for us. I love this scripture, 2 Corinthians 6, 1, as God's co-workers. What an incredible thing to be called God's co-workers. We are Christ's ambassadors on earth. And to be called God's co-workers is an honor beyond anything. You know, when I was a young man, I, my first dream was to be a pro football player, but at five foot eight, and oh, I was somewhat fast, but not not by those standards, that's for sure. Anyway, so that dream went away. And then I wanted to be a politician, as I referred earlier to my earlier career, but what an honor to be a co-worker with God. Nothing could be better than to work in His kingdom and to try to try to advance his kingdom, to try to imitate Christ. What an honor that we have to do that. In 2 Corinthians 6, 1, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. And I want to I ask you tonight, what kind of life are you living? Are you, are you, did you receive that grace in vain, or are you living a life that God, that honors God? that lives for God, that imitates Christ to the best you can. God's got plenty of allowance for our imperfections. That's what grace was all about. That's what sending his son to, to, to earth was all about. We all make mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God. There's been to be no mistake, but we can also do better. We can also live the better lives, more fulfilling lives. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and they may have it in full or abundantly. You know, that's so so powerful when you break it down because when we sin, as Paul writes, the wages of sin are death. I mean, it doesn't get us anywhere. I lived much of my life chasing things that didn't get me anywhere, whether it was alcohol or, or money or whatever. I mean, it was it was never enough. There's a saying in AA, one, one's too many and a thousand's not enough. The only thing that ever gave me the peace that surpasses all understanding was when I began to fill my heart with Jesus Christ. And that's what he wants for us. He wants us to have a life that's abundant. And not only that, when we start living for him, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And the reason he says that is because when we begin to obey his commands, our life becomes better. Not just from a spiritual perspective, from every perspective. You can be a better citizen, a better husband, a better father, a better parents, a better co-worker. When you begin to follow Jesus, you become better in every aspect of your life, and certainly in your spiritual and mental health. We've been talking about health over the last few episodes. Jesus heals us physically, mentally, and spiritually. Jesus said in John ten eleven, the next scripture, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus calls us friends in John chapter 15. He says there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. I mean, that is 
That is true devotion. Jesus said in John fifteen fifty five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I certainly understand that. I've lived that. That's why this program is called the transformative power of Christ, because there is power in the name of Jesus. You know, chapters 14 and 15, I love the book of John. I love the way it starts in chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, but in chapters 14 and 15 are so very powerful. Chapter 14, Jesus says again, I, I think this is critical, so I say it again, if you love me, keep my commands. He then, in chapter 14, promises the Holy Spirit. He says, I will not leave you orphans. I will leave you the Holy Spirit to indwell in you, to encourage you, to guide you. And then in chapter 15, he says something that's also so very powerful. This is my command, Jesus says, love one another. So look what God has done with this incredible, magnificent pardon power. He's given his Son, his only begotten Son, who died for us. We were yet sinners. Our sins nailed to the cross, amnesty, a pardon from the King of Kings. He's given us the Holy Spirit who indwells within us to encourage us, to guide us, correct us, convict us, so that we are pruned, so that we will bear more fruit. So he loves us. He gives us purpose. He gave each and every person listening to my voice purpose before you were even born, before you existed. And certainly when you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. He knew what his purpose was for you. And we drift off from that purpose so often. It's just human. We're in a fallen world. We get distracted. But he's a, like a wonderful GPS. I heard a preacher say this once. Like a wonderful GPS system that just, when you get off track, he reroutes you. Rerouting. He'll get you back on your purpose if you turn your attention back to him. So one, he loves us. He gives us purpose. Number two, three, he pardons us. There is now, therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Four, he gave us the Holy Spirit to correct us. Five, he chastises us. God chastises those who he loves. Six, he gives us structure. He gives us structure through his word and through the Ten Commandments and everything in his, in his beautiful, beautiful word. He gives us free will. Why does God do this? He gives us free will. You know, when you're a kid, you do things because your parents make you do things. You do things chores, and sometimes you do them begrudgingly. And then as you get a little older, sometimes you go the extra mile, and you do things that you want to do for your parents. You plant a new garden. You paint the fence, whatever it may be. As you get older, you begin to do things, and you begin to take some pride and, and some some joy in accomplishments. That's what God does for us. He wants us to love him the way he loves us. But there's so much more than those seven things that I just named that God does for us. And we're going to get into this in 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. I'm going to read those in a minute, but first let's go to a commercial break. We're a little hamstrung here with uh, I'm in one place and the producer, Sharon, is in another place. But hopefully she's got the commercial teed up and we can go to that now. After experiencing a spiritual awakening and the transformation that can only come through the power of Christ, Pastor John and Rebecca Allworth felt an overwhelming desire to share the good news of the gospel by establishing New Covenant Church Greater Heights. Their desire is to bring passion and humility to the mission of discipleship, family, fellowship, recovery, and servanthood. Whether you are new to Christ 
want a deeper relationship with the Lord or seek to truly become a disciple of Christ and a fisher of men, New Covenant Church Greater Heights welcomes you. Join the church for Sunday Night in the Heights every Sunday. Live streamed every Sunday at 6 p.m. on their Facebook page. New Covenant Church Greater Heights with praise and worship and a biblical message. And always remember, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Okay, well, uh, obviously that was a co- that was a commercial for our church. Uh, that was an old one. <laughs> that was when we were on Facebook during the then, during the pandemic. But we are now live meeting live at two forty West Eighteenth Street every Sunday at six p.m. Two forty West Eighteenth Street, right in the heart of the Heights. Seven seven zero zero eight, two forty West Eighteenth Street. You know we've been having we've been having some powerful worship uh, together. We've got a powerful praise and worship team. We just usher in the Holy Spirit and and just you know we just have a good time. It's always an encouraging word. I, I try to greet everybody that comes in the door. We've got plenty of room to spread out. If you if you're worried about COVID and you're, of course we all got to take care of ourselves, you can wear a mask and you can. Socially distanced, but it's just a powerful group of people that are that are loving God and, and wanting to love each other, and we're all getting to know each other. We're a new church plant. I really want to invite you out this Sunday. I'm going to be preaching this coming Sunday on on uh, pride and humility and servanthood, and I'd really love to meet you at 240 West 18th Street, right in the heart of the Heights, seven seven zero zero eight. My goodness, time is going fast. All right, so let's let's go to Second Corinthians chapter five. Paul is speaking to believers. And he says, therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. What Paul says, you know, another place he says to die is to gain and to, to live is for Christ. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is for believers. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. I'm not talking about your salvation. Paul's not talking about your salvation now. That, that occurs when you accept, truly accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior into your heart. No, this, this, is, a di- this is different. This is, this is rewards. God not only gives us this incredible grace, but he's got a reward system for us for the things we do on this earth. Now, I mean, how good is God? That is so wonderful. And in John 5.22, Jesus told us, Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. So here we are at the judgment seat of Christ, and God's going to reward us for what we do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses uh, 13 through 15, Paul describes this in some more detail. And, you know, I don't know exactly what these rewards are going to be. But I can tell you this, God is so good, they're going to be wonderful. I mean, they're going to be beyond our imagination, I suspect. I think it's just going to be, uh, you know, it's just going to be wonderful. And so if we look at at, at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses uh, three, 13 through 15, we see that Paul tells us, He's talking about what our, our foundation, what we have built in life, 
Their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring light, bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will, will suffer loss, but yet will not will be saved, even though only is one escaping through the flames. So, in other words, our salvation is assured. This isn't about our salvation. This is about what's left, our, our works. So, so, for, so much of my life, when I gave this sermon live, I had my hands down, and, and so much of what I did wasn't good, and I did some good things, but it was outweighed. I'm trying to live as fast as I can, as hard as I can, to change that scale, because whatever's left, whatever's left, that's going to be your rewards. And what a wonderful thing, what a good God that he does this for us. He's just so amazing. So I want to ask you, what kind of life are you living right now? And I want to tell you four things that you can do to, to try to increase your rewards that you're going to receive in heaven. Lamentations 3.40 tells us, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. That's, that's the way we should live always. Every day we should get up and we should examine our ways and we should ask, what are we doing? How are we living for Jesus today? So one, accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Obviously, that's number one. Number two, review your lifestyle on a daily basis. That's like scripture lamentations. How am I living in my life? How am I serving the Lord? How am I serving his people? How am I honoring him, the Lord? Can people see the light of Christ through me and in my actions? Are you grateful to God, or are you just complaining? Do you praise Him? Do you go to Him in prayer for other people, or just when you're in trouble, those 911 prayers that we've all prayed before? Number three, review your relationships, your spouse, your children, your coworkers, the people God puts in front of you to witness to. He's always putting, giving us opportunities to, to glorify Him, to lift Him up, to magnify Him. And number four, review your priorities. Every day we make decisions. We get in a rush, rush, rush. This is how I recommend that you start your day. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. This is how we should live our lives, trusting Him, living our lives for His will. Not our own. Everything changes when you begin to do that. I don't know if you can tell how excited I am through this telephone and then over the radio, but when we begin to live for the Lord, everything changes. Uh, come meet us at our church. Come worship with us. 240 West 18th Street, Sunday nights in the Heights at 6 p.m. Because I want everybody, just like God's His Word says, He wants no man to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I want us all to hear what... Jesus said in Matthew twenty-five, twenty-three, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Because God is so good. He wants that for you. We're building a congregation at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, where, you know, Jesus took 12 ordinary people, and he used those to ripple out across this world and to spread his gospel of love and peace. We're trying to do the same thing and let God use us to spread out across this community and reach out to the lost and to heal the hurting and to, and to comfort people and love people. If you come to our church, we're going to encourage you and love you. In closing, there is power in the name of Jesus. And just as God used that small group of believers, He can use our church, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, or any good Bible-based church to reach out to the lost. 
to comfort the poor, to heal the addicted, to bring souls into his kingdom. If we can all commit to that, our world will be so much better. He's such a good God. Give him a shout of praise today. We love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. But God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.